Hello, and welcome to Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we have been interviewing politicians, activists, advocates, and others since 2016 with the intention of ennobling public service, creating a platform for positive civil discourse, and facilitating dialogue with difference. This show is the antidote for those who are tired of hearing about what's going wrong with the world. We showcase people just like you who are working to leave the world better than they found it. And that's good news. And now a word from former President John F. Kennedy with his views on public service. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I'll remind you that this show is made possible by viewers like you. If you appreciate what we're doing here at Public Interest Podcast and enjoy this episode, please contribute $1 at publicinterestpodcast.com. And to express our gratitude, we offer a few freebies to our supporters. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. We're here today with Mitchell Radin, CEO of A Better World Foundation and host of A Better World Radio and TV. To learn more about Mitchell at abetterworld.tv and mitchellraven.com. Mitchell is a teacher and an entrepreneur uh, and clearly a radio personality. Mitchell, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Absolutely, Jordan. A pleasure to be here with you. Excellent. The first question I'd like to pose to you today is, what are you currently doing or what have you ever done to advance the public interest and why? Oh, bye. You have an hour or two or three. Um, I'll, I'll be succinct about a couple of things that I'm doing now. Uh, you know, it used to be um, marching for peace and the environment down in Washington, D.C., Westport and Bridgeport, Connecticut, New York City, etc. That was uh, uh, one era of my life, or a few, I should say. Uh, but in a very practical way, these days I am working, Jordan, in the field of media and business. I use media as a means of educating people through a better world and TV. TV is based on uh, here in New York City, although it's webcast as well when it's aired in the city. And I educate people about the principles and the values that I hold dear through the organization called A Better World, and I interview the sung and the unsung heroes of society. Sometimes it's in the, on the subject of health and healing and wellness, uh, usually alternatives, that is, to modern conventional medicine. And I also interview a lot of people on the environment, especially in the space of renewable energies and with an eye toward building a renewable economy that would be free of the detriments of fossil fuels, both literally environmentally as well as geopolitically. It has led us down a, uh, into a, a rabbit's nest, and it's, um, it's a serious, serious problem that I don't think people really take the time to study the consequences of. So the building of a renewable economy, energy-based economy, I think is a very important contribution to society. So that gives you kind of a, a couple of ideas, and I work specifically with social enterprise businesses when I'm not on the air and doing um, counseling and coaching with individuals and couples on building healthy relationships, because that's my original formal background. I'm working with CEOs quite frequently that have very interesting technologies, such as uh, an electric motor technology that would replace let's say, the fossil fuel burning types of engines around the world. Uh, 
working with the CEO of a water recycling conservation um, company that has got a, uh, the use of bacteria in a very creative way that helps to eat up pollutants in the water, and as a result, it makes water very uh, recyclable. And we can save in a given uh, region up to and even beyond 90% of the water use, and that becomes very, very important when we're looking at increasing desertification across the world. I'm working with a, a solar company because it's got a, kind of a soup-to-nuts kind of um, structure where someone says, I want to they have a, some kind of commercial or industrial enterprise, and they want to go solar. Well, this company will come in and do everything from A to Z to analyze the financial part of it, to analyze um, what it will take, how many panels they'll need to generate, how many kilowatts, on and on and on and on. So somebody could be a complete novice in the space and yet have a feeling for the wish to have solar energy in their space. And uh, it can be done. So you're clearly a couple of the things I do. Mitchell, you're clearly very passionate about renewable energy and creating a renewable economy, as you call it. Uh, and yet you say that your formal professional background is in counseling and coaching. Can you explain uh, the connection and the, and, the, and the explanation for your interest in renewable economy, especially given uh, your background? Yes. Uh, that's a good question, Jordan, and I answer it by saying I am a holistic thinker. I am a systems thinker, and I think a little sadly in our world we don't have a whole lot of them. So people think in compartments and categories and specializations, and I think that that has helped to harm the world, even though there's a clear benefit as well. Um, but the harm comes in here that we have everything so segregated that we're not understanding and recognizing the through lines. In other words, if people were, from my point of view, psychologically and emotionally healthy, they would understand that the earth herself is basically an extension of their own body. And as a result, they would want to take care of the earth as well as they take care of their own body. It's an interesting perspective. It's a very uh, kind of a, a larger perspective. So as a psychotherapist and uh, counselor for many, many years, as you pointed out, um, I think in terms of people's health from a holistic point of view, so that involves mind and body, and their attitude toward their mother. <laughs> I know that makes sound funny. I don't just mean their personal biological mother. I mean the larger mother of all species, and that, of course, is Mother Earth. So to create a healthy person, to facilitate that kind of change, means to open up the space in their own minds and hearts about what it is I'm saying. And people will want to take care of the Earth in a similar way that they would want to take care of their own mother or their own wife or their own family. So does that help you understand the connection? So it sounds like you have uh, an alternative interpretation of existence and man's role uh, within society, and I suppose that would help us segue into my next question, which is sure. uh, you had spoken earlier 
about your interest in alternatives to Western medicine. Clearly, you have just elaborated upon an alternative narrative to uh, uh, the existential question of human uh, of what it is to be human. So I suppose yeah. uh, that that would take us quite nicely into your preference for alternatives to Western medicine. But could you please elaborate on uh, why you seek alternatives to Western me medicine? Why is Western medicine inadequate for our needs, and what have you discovered in seeking alternatives? Okay, that's a big question. Okay, well, first of all, I didn't say, and you didn't mention in the uh, introduction, that I also happen to have a background in acupuncture and Chinese medicine. So I was one of the first non-MDs licensed to practice acupuncture in the state of New York, going back to, my gosh, I guess the early 90s. So um, I have had a perspective that things that have been lasting for a long time, like a few thousand years, probably have some kind of inherent intrinsic value. One of those things is Chinese medicine. Another one is Ayurvedic medicine. Another one is known as shamanic medicine, indigenous medicine. And there's something about them that are very natural, of course, and effective. How do we know they're effective? Well, the people that have gotten treated for them in these indigenous cultures are still alive and thriving today. So something worked. So when I look at the larger historical picture of medicine on the planet, sort of the anthropology of medicine, if you will, you see that Western medicine is all of, you know, maybe 150 to 200 years old. Now, next to Chinese and medicine and Ayurvedic, that goes back five to 10,000 years. So if I'm going to start wondering about what might be most effective, I'm first going to take a look at what was ancient and bring it into the current context. Now, because of technology, because of breakthroughs in science and understanding of biology and chemistry and physics, we have another vantage point about the nature of the human body and human health, and I think that has a tremendous amount of value, too. So I'm not interested in throwing the baby out with the bathwater at all. Emergency medicine in the West, Western medicine style, is probably the most sophisticated emergency medicine anywhere, despite many thousands of years of having the chance to develop it. There's just something about it that is remarkable when it comes to sewing on a finger or uh, the uh, heart attack or the like, there are things that can be done that are remarkable and they need to be appreciated. Unlike the indigenous systems, the modern medical system is utterly completely run by money. And if you have so much money, so many billions and in fact trillions of dollars being made, you have to start wondering, are they actually making the patient first and primary, or are they making money first? And I think my suspicion has been borne out by millions of people. When we look at the state of healthcare in this country, we see that it's become, wasn't always this way, it's become more about money and power than it has become about serving the patient. 
there are many doctors who remain extremely most interested in serving the needs of the patient, but there is a preponderance of business activity that dominates the space that is just the kind of thing where we say, follow the money. So You've you've created a Better World Radio and TV and foundation, uh, presumably out of these philosophies, and you've created an audience. Uh, How has your audience uh, and how have you used your platform, how has your audience responded um, to your philosophy about medicine and renewable energy uh, and and how how has your audience responded to that and uh, and how have you uh, well, let's start with that how has your audience responded to your messages and how have you pr- used your platform to promote these sung and unsung heroes of society within the context uh, of your alternative narrative okay well it's considered alternative because uh, I think that Generally speaking, conventional, segmented, segregated, specialist-style thinking has got a limited future, and it just happens to predominate. So whatever is not that is considered an alternative. But there are many alternatives that have, I think, I think it's I've made clear, uh, tremendously more value because a lot of the values, the human values, the environmental values that go with them, that accompany them, are just more sound and grounded. It's always the principle that we found in the Green Party, which I very much espouse, Jordan, of people and planet before profit. And if we were to live by that, everything would be a whole lot healthier, better, and more integrated all the way around. So to your question, I have found that my audience is actually growing and it's becoming more international. I've always had somewhat of an international following, and it's primarily a following in the United States and Canada. But I'm pleased to see that people are listening in from different corners of the world, and as best as I can tell, uh, and the amount of feedback back is limited. But what I've gotten has been very positive, and I think people tune into the shows because they are looking for alternatives. Because if you take conventional thinking, it's led to a nuclear arms race. It's led to a state of perpetual war that George Orwell uh, reminded us of. It's led to what Eisenhower termed a military-industrial complex. It has turned into uh, big pharma and, and medicine dominating the world of healing and hands-on doesn't count for anything, homeopathy doesn't count for anything, acupuncture doesn't count for anything, yet these are long-term established practices that long outlive Western medicine. But we've got our heads on backwards as far as I'm concerned, Jordan, very simply. And in order to get them straightened out, we have to look at life from a higher perspective, from, you know, 50,000 feet up, or I like to say, let's shoot ourselves to the moon and now look down and see what's going on on planet Earth and how we can clean it up and straighten it out. So um, I hope that answers your question. It certainly does. And as we approach the end of this podcast, uh, I'd like to ask you, Mitchell, about uh, this better world of yours. Um, 
Could you elaborate on the sort of world that you're trying to create, the world that you'll leave behind at the end of a lifelong career and creating a better world? What does this better world look like, and why have you been motivated to create it? Well, that is a beautiful question. I appreciate that, Jordan. Not enough people ask me that question, but it gives me a chance to sit back. And I'm going to keep it really kind of simple because I believe that people are basically good. I believe that people want to do the right thing for themselves and for others virtually all the time with just a few exceptions. I believe that if people are parented well with lots of love and a really good education that's not just academic, not just intellectual, but they are also given a chance at very early ages to develop what's called emotional intelligence as well as kinesthetic intelligence. Then we become well-rounded, well-loved human beings where in infancy there's a lot of touch, in the prenatal life, in the womb, there's a lot of touch and a lot of sound and a lot of uh, purring and a lot of good music. And we have evidence, scientific evidence, that shows that these kinds of practices lead to you're increasing the probability of a very healthy mind, body, heart, soul, infants. And if you care for the infant really well, you will be developing a wonderful human being. That becomes the basis of a well-balanced life, which becomes the basis of a well-balanced family and therefore community, and out of that, a state and a nation and a globe, a planet. So those are the basics. They are psycho-emotional Originally, they all have to do with nutrition and eating organic food and staying away from chemicals and all of the things that man has done to make profits. Uh, Oftentimes, those are things that are dangerous and harmful, I hate to say. But make no mistake, you and I both have a feeling for and an appreciation of social enterprise. And that means that people are putting people and planet for profit. And we know that you can do very, very well financially. No harm in that. It's very, very good. After all, money is life force. Money is energy. And we can do great things. If we think about peace, if we develop our mammalian brain and our prefrontal cortex, that allows higher thinking, higher level brain functioning. And that gives us the opportunity to have a sustainable, organic, food-based, renewable, energy-based, healthy, integrity-based society. And that has been Mitchell Rabin, the CEO of A Better World Foundation and host of A Better World Radio and TV, who refers to himself as a holistic thinker who uh, speaks about emotional and kinesthetic intelligence that will lead to a better life and a healthier soul. He speaks about his uh, tapping into an interconnectedness uh, that draws upon the wisdom of thousands of years of learned experience uh, as an alternative narrative to uh, the current dominant Western narrative uh, with a sense 
of, uh, of, of healing and wholeness and breaking down boundaries, uh, Mitchell uh, seeks to uh, improve, uh, advance the public interest by uh, providing individuals with an alternative way of viewing uh, the entire world, and as he refers to Mother Earth as an extension of his own body to lead to more whole psychological and emotional well-being. Mitchell, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Jordan, for having me on and getting a chance to speak to your audience. This has been another episode of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. I'll remind you to subscribe on publicinterestpodcast.com, iTunes, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And please join the conversation by calling 240-630-0380 or emailing engage at publicinterestpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.